San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down. It's the 49er Faithful UK show. So this is it. It's the NFC Championship game. It's Detroit Lions at San Francisco 49ers. The perpetually poor Lions have knocked off the Rams and the Bucks and now head to Santa Clara for a place in the Super Bowl. It has been a fairy tale story, a struggling franchise, a new charismatic coach, lots of new friends from last year's Hard Knocks show and a first ever NFC North Division title, bringing hope to the success-starved fans of Detroit. But this is the NFL, not Disney. The NFL doesn't do fairy tales. The NFL is a brutal, brutal league. The NFL does cold, harsh reality. And in this case, the Lions are about to face the cold, harsh reality that is the San Francisco 49ers. I'm Gareth Ellis, and I am joined by Paul Hope. Hi, Gareth. Thanks for having me again, buddy. Good to see you. And Lee Gowland. Hi, Gareth. And as it is the championship game, we've pulled in a very special guest to provide our opponent's scouting report. And it's someone who's certainly more qualified than us, a genuine Lions fan, Andy Norton. Welcome, Andy. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Faithful. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show, Andy. Uh, You have been a Lions fan for some time, I understand. You're not a bandwagoner. Not at all, no. Um, well, the bandwagon will be only, what, since last September? <laughs> well, yeah. Three seasons long, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah since uh, about the year 2000, I've started following football and picked Detroit as my city just because I um, started supporting the Red Wings uh, in the 90s. That was a bit bandwagon as, as a kid. You know, they were pretty easy to support then, Eisenman, Fedorov, them. So then I thought, oh, I'll just ad- adopt Detroit. All the teams must be this good. <laughs> and then uh, Pistons have had you know one championship, great, all fun. Uh, Tigers don't really follow baseball too much, but then yeah, I was like, oh, love love NFL. I'll plump for the Lions. About year two thousand, and it's been yeah, not exactly an up and down roller coaster. Pretty much a down one for uh, <laughs> about twenty of those years, if I'm honest. <laughs> a bit flat. How how does it feel to actually be relevant? Because this is uncharted ground for you. I think as Niners fans, we know we're we're pretty privileged. We, we've had a lot of success and and not as much as we'd want to in recent years. But the franchise has, and that's that's something we'll always have. How does it feel to to suddenly come from nowhere to to be in the championship game? It's unreal, really. I mean, it's. I've, they've been in the playoffs. They've had three wild card exits since I supported them. Uh, they've all one was really close against Dallas, and then a couple of you know absolute dumpings against. We're lucky to be there. So this is just unreal. It's just it feels like it's been building though, hasn't it? For, you know, for a, for a few seasons, and that, that's the good thing. And hopefully, given the age of our roster, relatively young, it can be sustained, and people are going to want to come to Detroit. Not necessarily to Detroit itself, because Dan Campbell in his recent interview was very much like, it's not LA, it's not Miami, it's not New York, you know, it's not Dallas, boo. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's 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 you want to come to the culture, don't you? And it's it's what it feels like. The whole franchise is reborn. Really, it's, it feels amazing. Is it yeah. still the murder capital of the world? It's up there, I think. It was certainly in the past sort of probably 20 years. It's been, yeah, it's it's one yeah. of them cities. I want to do a Detroit sports tour, actually, because they're all within about four blocks of each other, the, the four major league teams play. Um, I think October's the best month, and the Tigers have to be in the World Series for it to happen. But they're all you could do them all in a week, you know. Um, but it's really like, it's a bit like certain cities walk down the wrong street, you ain't walking out of it kind of thing. It's one of those where you've really got to be 
watch where you go. But um, you know, in the city itself is yeah, it's been reborn because of because of the Lions. That it's really a weather vane. You know that whenever a sports franchise does well in a team, the city yeah. gets lifted, doesn't it? So yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But for the rest of us, we are back here again, gents. Uh, th- third year in a row, NFC Championship game. Uh, third time's a charm, right? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ask a Buffalo Bills fan. I mean, fourth time wasn't a charm for them. No. no. Come no, on, Paul. Give me we, some positivity. Well, you know me. I, um, I was confident last week, Andy. I'm confident this week, as you'll see. But just a bit of background for people who may not know. Um, I used to work with Andy before I liked the NFL and then I moved to a new job Gareth and then Andy was like when did you become an NFL fan and then we reconnected (laughs) and Dan Campbell's first game Andy came down to my house to watch that game Niners were romping it at half time I think he was close to getting Mm. in the car and driving back to Newcastle (laughs) by full time one as well wasn't it it was just like it was just an absolute shootout (laughs) I couldn't wait for that game to finish Um, me and Lee Went up with Andy to watch the Eagles game in Newcastle. So we watched the Saints-Lions with Andy first. Then Andy stayed and watched the 49ers-Eagles. And I believe you partied with a 49er Faithful UK last Super Bowl, Andy. Is that true? Uh, yes, I Leeds. was out. Yeah, yeah I, ca- Down in I came to that. Um, yeah, was it Leeds? Yeah, Lee, you were there, yeah, weren't you? And, um, yeah. yeah, it was good stuff. Started the head of steam, then went to the uh, Victoria Gate Casino. Um, I was getting looks galore because I had this shirt on. They were like, "There's actually a Lions fan in the in the UK. What's all this?" It's getting, Not just getting like, shirt. What's on your shirt? What number? Oh, it's uh, number sixteen, isn't it? Leader of the Goffense. You know that's how it works, Ooh. isn't it? So, <laughs> um, just all around nice guy, Goff. You know, it's the only one you can get to be honest. You know, the, the vapor ones because that's another one point I want to touch on when we if we can get to it. I want I want a merch explosion now if we stick around because. <laughs> I look your the backgrounds of you guys. It's obviously you can get all the memorabilia, but I want some good shirts. You know, I want some good jerseys to be uh, for for all the stars. That's what I want because I see all your your Freddie Warners. Yeah, obviously you've got your legends like your Steve Young. It's expensive. Your, uh, it is expensive, expensive gig. Hundred plus quid for everyone, players. isn't it? Mm, it's, yeah, it gets expensive. So it does. I think for this game, I think it's fair to say for us as the Niners, the the neutrals want us to lose. I think Probably, everybody yeah. wants to see the Lions in, apart yeah, from the 49ers fans. Um, mm. we're, we're potentially going to be the villain here, which I don't think, you know, obviously Seahawks, Dallas, they hate us. But mm. I think this is this is unusual, perhaps, for us as Niner fans. Um, how do you think the team is going to be responding to the role of villain? Because they're going to know. I, th- I think they'll be fine with it. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the professional athletes at the end of the day, we've been in this game for the last two seasons running. So we want to push over that that invisible barrier there and get back to the Super Bowl because we've still got unfinished business from 2019. Mm, totally. Or yeah. uh, 2012 with one of our opponents. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think whoever, you, whoever you face, you've got un- unfinished business, haven't you? If you get okay. through this game. so mm. Well, we're if, only one game ahead, Andy. We're only taking one game at a time. We, do, we oh, don't yeah, want yeah. to uh, <laughs> jinx anything. And we'll get on to jinxes and curses later on. But I think the team's well prepared, Gareth. Um, I've seen somewhat... Uh, the interview with Brandon Ayuk, and they said, oh, the team want to get to the Super Bowl for Trent Williams. And Brandon Ayuk said, I haven't been there yet. I want to get <laughs> there for me. And the noise coming out of Santa Clara is the team of focus. I actually think, and me being optimistic... Last week's poor performance yeah. stands us in good stead, which a, we're going to get into in the scouting report. But um, yeah, I agree with that. It's a kick in the backside, wasn't yeah, it? Last we're going week? to go and focus this week, where last week 
it just didn't look as though we were focused, looked as though we were disjointed. I think they're going to go in primed to go against the Lions because they know how good the uh, the run defence is, so they're going to have to be on top of the game. Mm. Yeah. I think you, you guys had about three weeks off as well before that game, haven't they, your starters? Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah it was it was like a soak test, wasn't it, for for the postseason for them, and now they're now they'll be, they'll be locked in and prime, won't they? I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so. So the Lions aren't a team we've seen an awful lot of recently, um, and certainly not in the playoffs. Uh, so Lee, what have you got for us tucked away in your history corner? Well, so you'll be surprised to know that we've actually uh, played the Lions quite a few times. So the 49ers hold the overall head-to-head. 39 games to 28 with one tie. That sole tied game was back in 1961 on the 1st of October. The average scores for both teams over those 68 games is the 49ers 22.3, the Lions 21.3. There's not much in it. The 49ers average margin of victory is 12.2 points. The Lions is actually 14.5 points. So when the Lions have won, They've won bigger than what we've won. Although having said that, the Lions have been shut out only twice and the 49ers once. The last real blowout was back in 1993 when the 49ers beat the Lions 55-17. The two seasons before that were also quite convincing wins for the Niners. It was during our prime. Um, For a Lions blowout win, you're going to have to travel all the way back to 1963. And if you want, you can borrow my car because... I've got a car that can do 88 miles an hour and take you back to the future. And and on that game, the Lions won 45-7. If Andy doesn't know what we're talking about here, because he, I, I don't know, he did, you're right, he got it. So the last playoff game between these two teams was New Year's Eve, 1983, when the 49ers came out winners by only one point. It was a 24-23 game. Since then, the Lions have won three games to the 49ers, 18 you have to go back to 1975 for the last time the Lions beat San Francisco on the West Coast. Jared Goff is 3-6 against the 49ers, losing the last five straight and also throwing five interceptions in that span with an average quarterback rating of 72.8, 227 yards through the air, 1.4 touchdowns and 1.8 sacks per game. The last game against the Lions, Goff threw a whopping 57 times with 38 completions for a pretty poor 5.9 yards per attempt, as opposed to Jimmy G, who threw 25 times for a 12.6 yards per attempt. Um, and it's not often you look at Jimmy G and see him um, beat out somebody by that margin. Debo had 189 yards receiving. Hopefully he'll do that again this weekend. Averaging 21 yards per catch. Kittle had 78 yards, averaging 19.5 yards per catch. Robbie Gould missed the field goal in that game. How on earth did we not hear about the fans taking him out back and shooting him? Because as you know, when our kickers miss a field goal, they have to be taken out back and shot. That is the first reaction of all the fans. But is that only resigned or re, um, is that only kept for Jake Moody? I, I think that is the case because people forget about some of the, the pivotal misses during the regular season that Robbie Gould missed. Strange but true. The Detroit Lions have only played outdoors once in the last 12 games. Every other game has been inside a dome. So it might make no difference whatsoever, but it's just little things like this that might make a difference coming back to a stadium where you have to play outdoors. There is only uh, 
Detroit, this is only Detroit's second conference game since the NFL merger. The other one being in 1991, when they suffered quite a heavy defeat, uh, 41-10 against the Redskins. And yes, I am allowed to say that word because that's what they were called at the time. Players who have played for both teams. You might see what jersey on. you might see what jersey I'm wearing here. So Jeff Garcia played for both teams. He had one season in Detroit. We also had Hugh McElhenney. Um So Hugh McElhenney is a Hall of Famer from the 49ers. I think he played one or two seasons in Detroit. Um, if you don't know Andrew, um, McElhenney is part of the McElhenney family that owns Tabasco Sauce. Yeah. We also had Dan Buns. He played for both teams, again, yeah. mainly the Niners, not so much the uh, Detroit Lions. Eric Davis, Julian Peterson, both well-known players on uh, the 49ers. Terry Gree, a wide receiver from the late 80s. He, he ended up getting the Super Bowl for the 49ers. He's played. Um, Sean Hill. I used to have a soft spot for Sean Hill. He was a useful backup, and every time he came in for that very first game, he seemed to play well, but then rapidly went downhill. Sean Hill was basically um, Nick Mullins, but 15 years ago. Lakin Tomlinson, mm-hmm. he's played for both teams. Uh, obviously, we were absolutely gutted when we lost uh, Lakin Tomlinson, but we couldn't afford him. He'd played himself into a huge contract, uh, and good luck to him. Uh, and another player that we uh, we were quite sad to lose, Emmanuel Mosley. He hasn't had the best look at Detroit Lions, two quite major injuries. And I, I don't know how many games in total he's played. Mm-hmm. I don't just think it's one. more than it was five. His first game. It was his first game. One first game. Reg- wow. He played in pre-season and it was his first regular season game that he got in yeah. his ACL. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's just devastating for him. Mm-hmm. And the last one, uh, I mean, it's not the last one. There's a whole load of lists of uh, who played for both teams. But the last one I'm going to mention is JT O'Sullivan. Much better on YouTube than he is on the field. <laughs> and no Ray Ray Armstrong. No Ray Ray Armstrong. I was really disappointed oh. with that. Hmm. I was convinced he was going to pop up. I mean, there's a, there a few other guys, that kind of little journeyman, um, linebackers, Eli Harold, uh, Elijah Lee. Both of those I, I kind of like when they're at the 49ers. Um, Lions is a final think. resting place for a lot of uh, end of career, last one or two seasons. Well, the thing is, because they generally people. have a huge cap space, they're able to get those players in with the yeah, wages. Get, I think that's what it here, is. Sure. Mm. So, you know, you mentioned in History Corner that the Lions got, was it to the Championship game in 1991? Yes. Yeah. I believe, Lee, that we have a certain Dallas Cowboys fan that listens to the show. And I was very stunned to discover that the Lions beat the Cowboys in 1991. So, any chance we get Andy to drop a bomb <laughs> on the Cowboys, we take it on this show, buddy. And then, of course, they're now very uh, poor NFC East counterparts won the Super Bowl that year. So, that's the thing, isn't it? They were unstoppable force, the Redskins, at that time, weren't they? So Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were now, I didn't think, Lee, you were going to mention the other stat that I saw, that in this century, the Lions have gone on 16 and still got further than the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave the Dallas Cowboys hit there because I think no one's going to stop subscribing, but I had to get that one in. Do you know who's on that roster as well? Playing at tight end. MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell, was tight end for the Lions in during that season. That's motivation to to do well as the yeah. head coach then. I don't know what it is, you know. So, yeah, I think it's at the... Washington and the Dallas are the only teams now, and not to make the the conference match 
conference finals in the NFC this century. So <laughs> all power to them. <laughs> yeah, good to see. Good to see Dallas get some sort of recognition, some something that makes them unique. So mm-hmm. thanks for that, Lee. That was good. Uh, it reminded me something where you mentioned Dan Buns playing for both. Of course, one of the all-time great plays in the Super Bowl, the tackle he made yeah. on the goal line was in Detroit because that game, Super Bowl 16, right. was in the Silver Dome in the snow. Yeah. Um, and if you've not seen that, that bizarrely, I think, came up on Facebook for me today because I think that Super Bowl might have been 42 years ago today or yesterday because, of course, it is the end of January. Um, and, yeah, that's... Uh, I still don't see how he made that tackle and so, kept him short of the goal line. If you've never seen the Dan Buns tackle, but you have seen the Drake Greenlaw tackle in Seattle mm. on the final day of the season, it's the same tackle. It's the same tackle. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So, shall we, uh, shall we look forward to the uh, future, but not the past? Let's start with some injury news. So, obviously, the big injury for the Niners has been Debo and his status. He has been scanned and it doesn't appear that his injury is too bad. The hairline fracture in his shoulder, which he uh, suffered, I think, in week six, week seven. Uh, Shanahan says it's painful, but it does seem to be trending towards Debo playing. Uh, boys, do you think this is the right call, or is it a bit risky? I think if it's he the right call. Uh, I think it's the right call, yeah, as far probably. as I'm concerned. And obviously, we'll get into this a little bit later. But having Debo on that field and playing, I think, almost guarantees us a win. He's that pivotal of a player. Yeah, I think Debo being 70% fit, being out there, Gareth, it keeps the Detroit Lions defence honest. As Lee mm-hmm. said, we know what he brings to this team. We know the energy. It's a shame he's not fully fit because uh, Sauce Gardner gave us some bulletin board material earlier in the uh, <laughs> the season. And we know what happened to the Eagles after they did that. But it was reassuring to see Debo out. I want to say on the practice field, obviously he wasn't taking part in drills. He was by the side of the field getting treated. There was a a nice loophole. Apparently, when a player is not taking part and, you know, maybe he's recovering from injury, they're not allowed to be filmed. But George Kittle was doing some catching drills and every two seconds, Kittle kept going, nice, Debo. Well done, Debo. And I think they had to say, like, George, can you just be quiet? Because you're, <laughs> getting, uh, you're getting put on game tape there. So I, I would like to see him out there, Gareth. Totally. As for the uh, Lions, uh, it does seem they're a little bit banged up along their uh, O-line, one of their strengths. Uh, Both Jonah Jackson and Frank Ragnow have been unable to practice so far this week. I assume they may well be game-time decisions. Also held out of practice is rookie tight end Sam Laporta. Though I think he has been carrying that injury and he did obviously play um, last week. Linebacker Alec Alex Anzalone and wide receiver Josh Reynolds were limited at practice, but it does look like they are going to play a little bit banged up. Uh, how are you feeling about the uh, injuries, Andy? You've probably kept track of it more than I have. Yeah, the big, Jonah Jackson's the big one in the O-line. He's probably the least likely to play. Ragnow, absolute warrior. He he lines up. He's like, he lines up every snap he can. He's just like he's pivotal. You know. He's, Arguably top three, top five centers in the in the in the division. He's, he's second team All Pro this season. He's absolutely class. Just Jason Kelsey got his uh, retirement nod, didn't he, as the first team center? Um, yeah, I think um, you mentioned. Yeah, Anzalone will be a big loss if he doesn't play. It'll be a, a decision on the day. Uh, Josh Reynolds, great wide receiver three. Absolutely love that guy. He's an absolute stand. He's great, and if he if he doesn't play, it's going to be a big one because we've got um. Well, hopefully, we've got Khalif Raymond coming back. He's the um, he's a punt returner. 
uh, and um, what sort of wide receiver four, good for short yards. So he'll be he's, he's tricky, he's difficult. He's he's had a couple of I think he scored a touchdown against the um, against the Rams. I think he scored one. Um, was it was it the Vikings the week before where he's ran twenty yards and then dived over <laughs> to get in uh, past the corner? Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's just um, it's a wait and see with a lot of them. I think the, the yeah Jonah Jackson will be the one that I, I'd say is least likely to play. The rest are yeah as you said game day decisions and we just hope to see them hope to see your, your big guns there don't you yeah and i think for the neutral and 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 to be honest for me I, I always want to play teams i don't wish for injuries for anyone and it's and you, you don't want to hear that oh you only won because this player was injured i'd rather play team the the best of teams and and win and play the game fairly and, win, and yeah. win fairly so i mean if, if ragnar so jumping doesn't play it'll be graham glasgow at center who's um you know, like a, he's, he's normally just, he, I think, to the to the left hand side of Ragnar, and then we'll we'll draft in another, uh, uh, offend, you know, another uh, guard, and it's just uh, it would it would deplete us massively if Ragnar didn't play, but he will, he, he battles through, so everyone loves him. Yeah, yeah, the chemistry is pivotal yeah. on that offensive line. We we see that, Andy. Mm. Our, our raw line isn't our strength, but obviously the more they play together, and like mm. like Gareth said, another reason getting a rival fan on. We look at our own injury news. But then we think, ah, mm-hmm. are you keeping an eye on Twitter and Facebook as much as what we do? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. and getting back to Debo as well, he's uh, even 70% Debo playing 50% of the snaps he'd normally play. He's mm-hmm. a weapon, isn't he? You want him in doing that, don't you? So if he's if he's lining up, our backfield's looking, oh no, where's he going? Kind of thing. It's, <laughs> all that's the thing. All yeah. you've got to do is put Debo in motion and he impacts yes. the game. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't yeah. even need to get a target or a carry. Mm-hmm. So. What, what was the injury report on Ragnar? I think it was toe, ankle, knee, and hip, wasn't it? He's so banged up. He just he carries them and just carries on. He just yeah. doesn't want to like any play, all players want to play, don't they? And he he's so pivotal. I think they probably let him play through and probably kill his pain as much as they can. Yeah, and just yeah. get him in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, deal with it in but the off season. He's been there since what 2016. So he's he's blood and guts, and he's seen the end of our sort of. One of our latest awful period, let's say, and then built up with this. Same with Taylor Decker, same with a couple of the other, of the other linemen. So he he's desperate to be certainly in this game and hopefully beyond for for him. You know that's it. Given that Dan well, yeah. Campbell is the head coach, Gareth, I don't think any players allowed to sit out injured if you're a Detroit Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't care what time the injury about. We've all watched hard yeah. knocks, and we're going to touch upon Campbell later, Andy. But uh, I know you're a big fan. Certainly, yeah. Breath of fresh air after Matt Patricia, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, certainly. Get, so, uh, get in uh, the we, Patriots. <laughs> it's uh, it's dovetailed us really into the scouting report. Let's start with the Lions' offense. I guess the place is is someone we know very well. Jared Goff obviously faced him for several years as uh, the Rams' QB. I did think he got dumped a little bit unceremoniously from the Rams, and I assume he's carries a little bit of a chip from that uh, because the Rams did did. Did a little bit of the dirty preps on him, um, and I think he's been a better player at Detroit than than we ever saw uh, at LA. So perhaps start there, Andy. Um, it's as you said, it's the golf fence. Yeah, him and the weapons. What? Yeah. What are the Lions going to um, show for the Niners? Well, he's he's um, when when he when he has the time in the pocket, he's he's one of the most accurate passers out there. You know, his passer rating. Oh, you'll see him when it, when he's unpressured versus when he's pressured. It does plummet, but if he's given time, he'll he'll laser it in. You know, and he's he's got look. When when Campbell and Goff came first, came 
three seasons ago, he looked for TJ Hawkinson or DeAndre Swift. You know, the running back is now at the Eagles, and he was he was the the second had the second most receiving yards that season behind you know a tight end and a, and a running back are getting your, your most receiving yards. You're thinking, where are the wide receivers? And um, it was he just that was all he went. Hawkinson double coverage, Swift. Now he's got all these weapons. You know, we've got uh, four of our offensive players scored um, ten touchdowns in the regular season, which is a, it's the first time it's happened on the Lions. I think it, I don't know if it was the first time in the league, but first time on the Lions definitely. So. Not all, obviously, um, passing touchdowns, but um, he's just he's he's the leader of that you know he's the, the the leader of it you know and as as Stafford was before he left you know and um, there, there was talk if this season didn't go well are we gonna are we gonna draft a rookie we did that we drafted one at the start of the season we had Hendon Hooker who's our um, QB three after uh, everyone's favourite guy Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> QB two's uh, announced his retirement this season uh, must have been that bad playing <laughs> holding the clipboard but uh, um, but no I mean Goff's really come on and he's just well I'd say he's come on he's 28 he's not everyone thinks he's he's passed it and gone but he's you know he's got how many years left in him really and uh, he's he'll get another he'll get another go for us for sure absolutely love the guy and the uh, the O line is obviously a, a strength we've talked about it being banged up mm. uh, is is that really the key you mentioned at the beginning keeping Goff in a clean pocket how yeah. if he hasn't got that clean pocket how concerned are you going to be yeah I mean he's because he's, he's, he's not a, he's not a legs he scored a rushing touchdown for us earlier this season and he was absolutely over the moon it was like five yard rush there whoever it was defensive line opened up and he just I think it was again that shootout against the Seahawks actually uh, early on um, but yeah so he, he's not got the legs to, to escape any pressure that's the, that's the trouble um, but you know you've got Panay Sewell, um, Taylor Decker at either end. Jackson won't be there, so it'll probably be it'll be um, Glasgow. Um, who we've got who, who would come in? Uh, Dan Skipper will come in, um, probably fit in, in, and then hopefully Ragnow. And they they are one of if not I think statistically one of if not the best for for pressures allowed for sacks allowed you know this season, which has come out of, of nowhere in a way because Matt Stafford never had that protection. You know, in years gone by, he's he was mm. he got hit, sacked so many times. But you know, you know, he plays with the pain. That guy as well. He just never had that protection. It was just like we just it's just yeah, lost yards every time. And uh, this O line is 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 what it's it all starts from there. The offense, they are they are superb. So we've heard about. I think Amarasen Browns had a pretty much a breakout season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sam Laporte has has come in. Obviously, they're two of the key weapons. Is there anyone else? Is there a, is there a dark horse who could suddenly spring a good game on us from nowhere? Yeah, uh, Khalif Raymond. I mentioned earlier, he's um, sort of the wide receiver four. Uh, we've used Jameson Williams sparingly. It's his, it's his second season, and he's he's our only rangy sprinting wide receiver. Who you know, who you can just air him out. And he's, he's got a couple of touchdowns, but Campbell uses him really sparingly. Campbell's he's a clock eater by trade. He runs the ball, goes for short short yards, and eats the clock up trying to trying to get go between the twenties. That's his. We know that. So it, yeah. So if, if 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 we're in the lead, Tampa Bay was an example, um, even the Rams an example. You know, most of this regular season, if we're, if we're in front, he will eat clock up. He won't won't air it out. Whereas we played um, Minnesota, and they're just forty yard passes to. to Flowers and Jefferson. That's just that. That's their their model. Ours is very much ground and pound and and get the short yards. And that's where St. Brown comes in. He's a, he's a route runner. He's 
th- he's a third and third third and anything. He, if you've got a third down and he's on the pitch, fight you'll find him. You'll, he's, he'll he'll get you that um that first down. He's the interesting stat on St Brown is he's um, yards after carry. He's the league leader in yards after carry, uh, yards after catch. Sorry, uh, six hundred yards, six hundred yeah, yards after the catch. Um, so if, with, uh, with our boys, so. that's yeah, that's what you got to watch out as well. So if he catches it, he's hard to bring down, and he'll get you an extra twenty odd yards. You know, so um, he's that kind of guy. He's not a he's not an out and out pace guy, but he's he's a route runner who'll who's who'll he'll catch the ball and, and get you that first down. And that's what it is. It's, it's edge up the field. Sometimes you think, oh, just air it out to, to, to J-Mo and just watch him running for... But then the clock watches, the, you know, the, the head coaches aren't in. Campbell is quite conservative in that respect, I think. And the, uh, you know, the defensive play calling, any any concerns? There was obviously, there was the the strange end to the Dallas game at the end of the, uh, was it week 16, week 15 mm. with, with the, with the non-designated player, which I know obviously there's been a lot of blame for the refs, but I think some people have said it's a little bit of a risk to be too cute with your kind mm. of play calling and try and do that. And some, is, yeah. is there any concern from the play calling? It's, it's the assistant coaches and the coordinators aren't something I've really kept up with at Detroit. Yeah. You've got um, Aaron Glenn's the, the DC. He's, been coming under pelters because we do leak points every now and then. When, when we get into the defense, I'll, I'll be, explain more how how and why that happens. What what you guys are going to be looking out for to, to exploit? But you know, Ben Johnson, uh, he's he's you know every every team that wants a head coach, he's, he's on their list. You know, this season he was last season as well uh, with the you know finishing nine and eight. And um, expect a trick play, I would say, because he loves a trick play. I remember that was it the same game week where Laporta and Kittle scored the the identical touchdowns, wasn't it? And it was the uh, the switch the switch passes, wasn't it? And then uh, back to back to the quarterback and uh, and found it in on the on the oh, right yeah, side. Yeah. Um, but Detroit got in there first, but I think it was a it was like a it was a Shanahan play. But then Ben Johnson was like, right, we'll do it now, and, and it worked like a charm. I, I believe it was a Bill Walsh play. Was it Bill Walsh? Was it right? Yeah. Yeah. Originally. <laughs> it was a, it works well, you know, brilliant play. But um, yeah, it's um, and there was you mentioned sort of dodgy decisions as well when when we when we took the knee too quickly on a, on a snap against Tampa Bay. That was a uh, was still thirty. They still had fifteen seconds to kill before they had to snap it and took it early. And then um, their head coach decided not to uh, not to make us kick a field goal, which would have given them thirty seconds to get back up the pitch up the field if we'd missed it. But with, with eight eight points behind, send it to overtime. Lots of ifs and buts, but yeah, sometimes the play calling, the emotions maybe gets to them because they're not used to these high, they're used to high pressure, but not this high pressure maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, that's where your obviously your coaching team used to this, aren't they? So that's that's uh, you know, where Shanahan will come in and he'll be he'll be well, you know let's calm it down, take take every snap, take as much time as we can. Whereas Campbell is quite, you know, you can see he's an emotional guy, can't he? He's, yeah. he's pumped up. He's, he's that kind of thing. It's great for motivation, but sometimes calming it down is uh, is what's required. Thanks, Andy. Um, Lee, Paul, how do you think the, the defence is going to uh, uh, line up against these uh, weapons from Detroit? A bit of a different challenge, I think, Detroit. And because we don't have that history, there isn't, there isn't perhaps that uh, recent experience, I think, um, of of having a, a a game to look back on. Yeah, so I think it's all about uh, stopping the run against the Lions. If we can keep uh, Gibbs and Montgomery under control, then I, th- I think our uh, cornerbacks and our safeties will be able to handle the wide receivers. But 
as you know, I mean, our run defence hasn't been great throughout the season. Um, we've been caught napping quite a few times. But what I've noticed from Gibbs, and I, I did a bit of research on uh, next-gen stats today. So for the last three games, Gibbs has always run to the left. The three games prior to that, he ran to the right. The three games prior to that, he ran to the left, predominantly in those those games. Whereas Montgomery, he was uh, an even spread across the offensive line, which Gabby chose. So it's going to be interesting because if, if that follows the same patterns, then I would expect Gibbs to be running to the right every time in this particular game. And if I can see that, the defensive coordinator should be able to see that. You've, uh, you've tweeted Wilkes, I assume. Let him know. <laughs> tweeted him? No, I, I was speaking from on the phone. Earlier. Oh, just just off the phone sure, to Chad. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> He's well connected. I but mean, yeah, I, I think it's going to be about stopping the run. Yeah. Hmm. I, I saw some good breakdowns, Gareth, after the Packers game of Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner and them two in coverage, the communication, the, the defence being hungry. And we know Jared Goff. I know Andy's a big fan. Put his money where his mouth is. He got that jersey early. I can confirm everyone listening and the people watching because um, we talk merch. But I was watching some of the breakdown against the Rams when I was doing my uh, scouting report. And obviously I was watching some of the offensive side of the ball. And the Rams knew what Goff was going to do. He wants the ball out early, especially to the running back. Um, like Andy said, he isn't airing it out. And if you give him time, then he can get that ball out quickly. Now this season... The Niners' defence has focused a lot on pressure. And we've had this conversation last few weeks. Some people are complaining we're not getting the sacks on there. Again, I don't think that matters. I think we just need to keep that pressure. I'd rather see quarterback hits this Sunday, Gareth, than sacks because I think Goff, under pressure, could make a mistake like we see Jordan Love done. Um, yeah, go on, Lee. I can see. So, so I think we are going to see that because if you have a look at the way that the, uh, the Lions offensive line is built, it's built exactly the same way as ours. They're very, very good at run blocking. At creating those gaps for the runners but the pass protection isn't particularly great I think two out of the five well, one of them is quite good at, at pass blocking and um, the other one is maybe he's average to above average the other three are well below average for, for pass blocking so I think that's where we're going to get and that's why Goff gets the ball out of his hands as soon as possible when he's when he's thrown because he knows the pressure is going to get through there um, the thing that would worry me is if I'm right about Gibbs and the running to the right Penny Sewell has an absolute cracking rating on, on run blocking. And Penny Sewell's going to be over on that right-hand side. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that, that works out with uh, the players we've got. Hopefully Logan Ryan isn't starting at safety because I think mm. we need that uh, I think we need that support from the safeties in the run game against the Lions. Um, Logan Ryan just looked far too slow last week. Um, if he comes up against the likes of uh, Jamari Gibbs, he's not going to get him. He's not going to be anywhere near him. So that's that's kind of a worry. Well, I think the the Lions' offensive line is definitely there to be had with our defensive line. I think we can get the pressure. I mean, Paul's saying he doesn't want sacks. I'd, I'd like to see sacks. I'd like to see sack after sack after sack. Because if you get in the sacks, then you've got an opportunity to turn the ball over. And when you're playing in playoff football, turnovers is what's going to win games because you have an extra possession to what the other team uh, did. But and what if I you mean, make the most here, is we are the best in the NFL at turning the ball over. So what I should we clarify are. is I don't want to change our tactics. I think Nick Bosa, if you watch the game tape, he's getting double teamed all the time. Other people are getting through. And you're right, maybe Brown's aggressiveness. This would be a perfect game for Havanga attacking through and 
looking for that ball hawk. We saw that linebackers were hungry last week, but I just think sometimes in the NFL you get hung up on these stats like sacks, and I'd rather see the pressure rate, I'd rather see the QB hits. I want to see Goffin comfortable, basically. Now, like you said, mm-hmm. Lee, that translates to 20 sacks for Nick Bosa and Chase Young, and that ball's popping out. And Andy raised a good point. When you look at the DV away stats, which is a new buzzword on this show, and we'll get into that later, the mm-hmm. Lions' run offence is number four. The pass offence is number seven. Overall, they're a top five offence in the NFL. So we shouldn't be taking these lightly. Um, on Definitely paper, not. I would say these are a better offence than Green Bay. We heard a lot of talk last week, Andy, of the hot Green Bay Packers coming into Levi's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the emotional roller coaster was uh, fully in attendance. But when you go back in the cold light of day and watch that game tape, I wasn't that impressed. We just didn't play very well. But uh, I think Wilkes is good at making the adjustments. And we are the best team in the NFL, Andy, for no points allowed in the fourth quarter. And long may that continue. Yeah, that's it. Um, aren't the Lions the best team for scoring points in the fourth quarter? We are indeed, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hi- highlighted exactly. again against uh, the Buccaneers as well. So. Yeah. I wasn't going to mention that, Lee. <laughs> so, we're a Niners show. Yeah, just... <laughs> well, you know, you, you need to balance it a little bit there. An unstoppable well, force and immovable object. There we go. It's going to yeah, meet, exactly. it's gonna be, it's gonna meet on Sunday. Yeah, it's so got to, wasn't it? What I find interesting was the pickup of uh, Zach Ertz. If the player Ertz and Laporta on the field yeah. at the same time, two mm-hmm. tight ends, it, it kind of suggests to me that um, what they're trying to do is keep Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw in the centre rather than going outside to help out the uh, the cornerbacks like mm-hmm. they the generally do in coverage, which means we're going to be isolated at cornerback at uh, either Ambry Thomas or Mooney Ward. Mm-hmm. And if they're blocking, yeah. If they're blocking, yeah. yeah if they're adding to the... Yeah, to the, so that, to the that's yeah. how the Lions might try and um, attack us mm-hmm. by using two tight end sets that keep the, the middle of the field jammed up and doesn't allow Warner and Greenlaw to get out to the edge. Mm. Yeah, because we lost um, Brock Wright, who's our, one of our uh, kind of relegated ish straight away to tight end too with a with the the sentence of Laporta. Um, yeah, he's, he's IR for this game, um, and he's 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 you know, it's a handy short yard to pick up tight end. You know, he can receive it, and and he, he's more a blocking tight end, you know, than a, than a receiving one. But um, yeah, that's why Ertz has come in. He's got some pedigree and short ton- short contract. See what happens. Mm. And well, one thing I'd say on Goff as well, he's pressure him. He's he's prone to the off fumble as well. Maybe more than no. other um, than other uh, than other quarterbacks. So even if he doesn't let, let go of it, he doesn't get sacked. It, it, it'll come loose potentially if you pressure him enough. So that's the uh, that's what you want to get. Yeah. Well, I do think we've picked him in pretty much every game he played for the Whams. There may have been maybe one where he one, didn't throw one, one game where he didn't throw an interception. One. Yeah. Yeah. So we've uh, we've we've had the measure of him in the past, but obviously that was with the Rams' offense, which was an offense that. Uh, Shanahan knew particularly well, it being Sean McVay's, or rather Shanahan's offense via Sean McVay. So yeah, I, it's going to be it's going to be a good matchup. I think obviously linebackers we really excelled in the last game. I do think it's going to be busy for uh, Greenlaw and Warner. And as you've said, there's good run blocking on the O line, but those guys can only generally block someone, and it's that second level. If we can get Dre and Fred to hit those gaps, I think stopping that one game is where we want to force it for, for Goff to throw the lines to victory. Um, and I think a couple of the cornerbacks and safeties might well be licking their lips at the at the thought of, of Goff having to attempt 40-odd passes. 
So, wonderful. Andy, have you, what have you got for us on the uh, Lions' defence? They're going to have to face the high-powered uh, Niners' offence, CMC, Debo, Ayuk, uh, and, of course, uh, BCB himself. How are the defence going to set themselves up to, to keep the Niners quiet, as if? <laughs> yeah, well, it, uh, the further back you go in the field, <laughs> the more I fear it. It's, it's well known, our uh, our backfield, uh, you know, our, our Safeties and cornerbacks aren't the best in the league, and it's 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 been down to, um, I would say, you know, we can't attract the best. Fair enough, but also um, they tried to address it, and injuries have hit. You know, um, mentioned Emmanuel Mosley at the top of the show, played um, in preseason. Then the first game he played, he gets an ACL. He's out for the season. Uh, we had um, Gardner Johnson as it picked him in free agency from the Eagles. Great player, been big good since came back. Tori's pectoral muscle was out for 15 weeks. Uh, only came back um, against the Vikings game week 18. Um, would have been great all season. Sadly, you know that that's that's not the case. So we've we've leaned on Cam Sutton, who's another pickup um, from the um, Steelers. He's not a CB1. That's the thing. He's he's been shown. He's he's had to, you know, whether he zones it out or finds his man. He's he's trying to. You know he's, tr- he's trying to track the uh, the wide receiver one of the of the offense, whoever that is, and he's not got the straight line speed, the route running, or the, the height, the physical size to do that. And you know Debo will <laughs> rings around him if he's playing. That's that's the sad reality. Um, so safety, we're doing all right. You know we've we've got um, well. So other comment we've got Brian Branch as a rookie. He's come in and he's 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 a he's a, a good tackler. Um, he sacked Baker in the last game. Unbelievably, he just he spotted his line and just spotted no one was no one was following him and just zoned in twenty yards and absolutely destroyed Baker in that game. Superb. I'd love to see that. Um, but the yeah, and we've we've got Kirby Joseph who's been in the news for his dangerously low knee tackles against uh, was it against um, I think it was against Dallas. He he, mm. he got a, oh no, it was against LA. That was a, 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 in the um, in the wild card where he didn't he went low and didn't and went with his shoulder didn't wrap round. And was accused of trying to injure. Uh, I can't remember who the, the LA player. Cool. Think, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so even Stafford was having a go. It's at a, at a, a line, which is an interesting one. But um, yeah, the backfield. We'll see what happens at the, after this season. But they, they've they've been. It's between the twenties that, that they we find it most when, when you're going for the long passes in the red zone. They're actually better because it's shorter yards. You know, they've they've not got to pick up. Someone who's got building up a head of steam or running running a, an interesting route. It's we're, we're actually better at red zone stops than we are letting teams plow plow up the field in midfield. So, but then if if you know it's it's hoping a hoping a prayer time. Uh, linebackers, we've got Anzalone, who's who's a good tackler. Um, he's got a couple of sacks on the season. Really like him. He's a cult hero with his long blonde hair. He's got all. He's got like fans at the game with their caps and their and their long wigs kind of blonde wigs you know he's, he's a bit of a cult hero but I, I like him as as, as our um, as our strong uh, linebacker um, we've got Jack Campbell who's the um, rookie this season uh, outside linebacker he's he's had a, a decent season but obviously he's a rookie in a big game we'll see, see how he goes and the line itself is uh, is pretty pretty strong you know we've got mm-hmm. got our uh, You'd say obviously poor man's Bosa in a in the Wolverine, Aiden Hutchinson, who's just absolutely love the guy. You know, he's I think he's got twenty sacks over two seasons. Um, impressive guy. It, we you need that kind of all action defensive end. I love love what he brings. You've got the same with Bosa. He's like a TJ Watt that kind of thing, isn't it? It's those kind of players. 
because defense is it's analytical, it's stat based, like the whole game. But it's so it's, sometimes it's boring when you you want someone to inject a bit of fun into your defense, don't you? And make make their offense worry, and that's what mm-hmm. Bosa brings to you for yours, um, and it's what you know um, Hutchinson brings to us. Um, we've got I've got Kamiski on the other end, who's decent. Aleem McNeil, um, who's coming back from injury. Hopefully, he was the unsung hero. Talking to Paul about unsung heroes, he's he was our unsung hero as as the NFL do it this season. Um, and yeah, I mean, we we are we're solid up front, and it's the further back you go, that's where the worry happens for me. Does Hutchinson play more on the left or the right? Uh, left normally, yeah. Um, so so he's coming up right, against so. the best right tackle in the league, Colton yeah, McKivitz. What number does he wear, yeah. Lee? <laughs> number sixty-eight, mate. <laughs> if you're watching uh, the live, see, I remembered. I remembered. So <laughs> I knew Andy was going to go with Andy Hutchinson because um, he loves 97 and he calls mm-hmm. him Aidan Hutchinson sorry to give him his right name well he's had 11.5 sacks this year Andy double yeah. the amount of anyone else on the team and you mm-hmm. mentioned yeah. your um, unsung hero McNeil he had 5 sacks in 13 games but then he got injured didn't he Yes. and yeah, the stuff I've seen that. online is he doesn't look like the same player so the Detroit Lions stuff that I've seen online today is saying that if you take Hutchinson out other than that the pressure doesn't really come from yeah, somewhere yeah. else on the front. You mentioned, yeah. the, you mentioned the um, backfield. So what I wanted to ask you is, Lee mentioned that the Lions' run defence is number one in DVOA, which, Gareth, I'm pleased somebody listened last week because we mentioned that stat quite a lot. But rumours are, Andy, the only reason you're so good at the run defence is because teams are that pass-heavy against you because, as you said, you're so weak. Do you think those mm-hmm. yeah. numbers might be inflated or do you think that we're being probably a little bit naive to go down that rabbit hole? No, no, I think I think you think both are right. I mean you you would, you know, if you back your receivers, you'll you'll get up the field against us. That's the thing. Um I mean the uh, the Vikings were down in a hole. I think it was 18 cause we played in um, 16 and 18 right at the end of the season and within in two passes they scored a touchdown. You know, the we kicked off Aired it out to Zay, aired it out to Je- um, Jefferson to like the, to our forty, and then aired it out to Zay Flowers who walks it in. He's just like, that's what you can do if you, if if you got the, you know, if, if your QB's looking around, he'll he'll find something, and that that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, the D line is is serviceable and solid, definitely. It's it's an improvement over over the one we've had sort of two three years ago. But yeah, teams do try and and go through the air against our defense and. With good reason, you know. We were hoping Mosley was going to come in and sort of Im- improve it. You know, you'd have him and um, uh, him and Brian Branch, and then yeah, I mean Cam Sutton number one, but Gardner Johnson again, massive loss. But he's back now, and he's I don't know if you see much of him. He's he's little gobby. He likes to uh, mm. wind up opposing teams. I don't know if he's had a go at this. Was it? Debo, yeah. yeah. They've been going all season. Yes, yeah. And he's he's he called out Baker, who was really classy. Right, just went. Who's that guy? (laughs) He just came out. So as much as uh, as as much as we we go on about um, the Lions' offense, Gareth, as Lee said, we have to balance it out. They gave up the fifth most passing yards, Andy, in the regular season: four thousand two hundred and five, twenty-eight passing touchdowns. They gave up 408 yards against the Bucks, which was seven yards a play. They gave up 425 mm-hmm. yards against the Rams. I know me and Andy have been talking. It's something he's worried about. Um, the two lads you mentioned, Jacobs and Sutton, teams are just targeting them. We thought Ambry mm-hmm. Thomas had a bad game last week. <laughs> Sutton 
has been having that week on, week yeah. in. And I think when we get to the bold predictions, that's reflect. I think Brandon Ayuk's in for a big game this week. Um, I think mm. Kyle Shanahan will try to air the ball out. I think, like Andy said, the Lions go in the lead. They'll try and eat up the clock. But then I think, similar to us, I think if we go in the lead, we might run the ball a little bit. But it was interesting to look down your... Um, defensive tape because normally on this bit Andy we say oh, the Lions play 3-4 they play a lot of man a lot of zone but like most coordinators in the NFL your defence seems to change week on week when I was going back and watching the game mm-hmm. tape yeah. they're a very Dan Campbell-esque team Gareth they'll run through brick walls. they're very aggressive they're very like the Jaguars defence they're very opportunistic they try to force turnovers but that leaves them open to big players. Mm. And like mm. you said at the start, is that something Carl Shanahan's going to set them up with a motion and a screen, get a young player to bite? And then we saw it against the Bucks at Levi's when Brandon Knight went for that 76-yard touchdown. Could we see something similar on mm. Sunday night? Yeah, he's mm. mixing match as well. He mixes up his cornerbacks and his safeties. Cam Sutton's always in, Branch is always in, but the safeties are mixed up quite a lot. And yeah, you'll see you see Kirby Joseph, you see Melifonwu, he's a, he's a new guy coming in. Got a nice, got a nice interception to kill the game against uh, Minnesota, but you know it's 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 they can produce moments, but they're few and far between. For overall pressure, that's where the worry is. You know the the game will shift away from us if you keep you keep attacking our defensive backfield, and it will you know you'll 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 find success. They've got they've got to pull a real game out you know against arguably the best uh, the best uh, best balanced overall team in, in the conference. Away, it's not, so it's going I to think be the, the the first and possibly second quarters are going to set the tone for a bit. I think because uh, Campbell has come out and said immediately. I think somebody started a question in the press press conference. You know, what have you got to do to stop? And he just basically said, "CMC, if we can stop the one game, yeah. then we've got a chance of winning this." And I'm pretty sure Shanahan is going to have the same view, which is if we can get the run game going and do exactly what we like to do, which is chew the clock and then open it up for the precise laser passes from, from Brock, the short air yardage, but uh, it keeps the chains moving and the guys turn those passes from seven yards into 27 yards. Um, mm. I think that's that's going to be the game plan and I think that's going to be early. It's going to decide who does that because we have seen one of the weaknesses we've talked about is if we go behind, we do tend to abandon the run game. And I do wonder if that, that's obviously the Lions might be a team that's a good matchup for us. If the Lions start hot, go in fearless, get some points on the board um, and force us to throw, they're perhaps not the best team at defending that. Um, and we could come back in uh, into the game um, and then get the lead and then go back to doing the run game. So I can see this game ebbing and flowing between two sort of states but based on who's in front. Um, and I think, yeah, early it's going to be interesting, but obviously the games are won at the back end where the Lions are a strong team, but so are the Niners. So I'm I am expecting this one to be probably as hard on the heart as uh, certainly our game against Green Bay. I think as a Lions fan, you had a little bit more comfortable against the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. Just looking at the highlights, it didn't look like you were... You were that worried for much of the game. I think the Bucks kept it close, but so I trading blows. Yeah, we, we traded field goals to start off. We traded touchdowns for most of the second and third quarters, and then pulled away two touchdowns. They went for a two-point conversion, and it, it didn't stick. So we were, yeah, we were comfortably in the lead for the rest of that fourth quarter. So 
yeah, it was um, good to see after the emotion of LA, which was like an absolute. <laughs> when Matt Stafford's got a couple of minutes to, uh, to go on a game-winning drive, you you worry, don't you? He's 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 done it for us, but I think he's he's had eight fourth quarter comebacks in one season for us when he was playing for us. He's, he's that kind yeah. of player, so. Yeah, um, but just smirking, Andy, because you mentioned the relief of LA. We had our own emotional roller coaster last week, and mm-hmm. it's well known we're all fans of the NFL. And when you were going through that emotional roller coaster, you were texting me both games <laughs> when you got to the playoffs. Um, I saw another Detroit Lions fan that I follow on Twitter, and he said, When the NFL extended the season to 17 games, he was buzzing because he could say he was watching meaningful football in January. This year, <laughs> he can actually say yeah, it yeah. with conviction. And I thought I'd share that with you because I know me and you've been friends for a long time and you've mentioned yeah. getting the playoffs. But you going through that emotional roller coaster. that's where we were last week. I mean, mm. I don't know if you've seen our stuff on social media. Me and Lee and a couple of the others were in a, a video chat call. The streams were ahead. They were behind. Yeah. And like you said, people wanted Shanahan fired at half time. You know, we were all... It, that was it. Season was done because yeah. we were getting beat. And so I hear another fan from another team caught through the same emotions what oh, we yeah. did. Just makes us feel a little bit better, buddy. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm back. Don't think I missed anything. Thanks, lads, uh, for my uh, IT IT problems. I think, where, where do you think, if there's one thing that you could boil the game down to, if there's one guy, you think, on the Lions team that could win it for you, either offence or defence, who do you think it is, Andy? Uh Offense, if well, he's not fully fit, but if he's if he's purring, Sam Laporta will be will be a difficult guy to track. You know, he's for a rookie, he's got such an old guy's head on him. And we're so lucky to have him because you know when we lost Hawkinson, we were thinking, oh, it's all doom and gloom, and he's gone to a divisional rival. But then drafting him and the season he's had, you know, nearly a thousand receiving yards, t- ten touchdowns, absolutely superb. If, if he's on, he's he's always a target. Him and Saint Brown, it's that tandem really. Um, we'll see how he uses the run game because you've said you know, you've, you you'll you'll be ready for it. So we'll see if he has to get his get his short ten twenty yard pickups to try and get to try and move the chains on offense. So I think yeah I think it's Goff's um, Goff's pass targets will be will be the key for us on offense. Yeah, and it's <laughs> prey on defense. <laughs> oh, it could could be interesting. I think it's and it's. It's the NFL. Occasionally, some teams they just they pull out a performance mm-hmm. and defy the odds, um, good and bad. Sometimes you're seven point five favourites, aren't you? For seven point five points, being at we home with a better record, yeah, that's the thing. It's who knows you can defy those odds, can't you? You never know. That's it. Should we uh, should we go into the score predictions, lads? I think we've uh, we've covered. Thanks to Andy, fairly nice look at the Lions and how they match up against the Niners. Uh, the Niners, as you said, seven or seven and a half point favourites, depending where you look. And the over under is fifty one. Now, if you have watched the show, Andy, you do know that our score predictions is is quite an important part. Um, to the four a, of us, a league kind if, of thing, yeah. If like no that. one else. Um, possibly <laughs> no one else, but the four of us find it quite important. Uh, Naji has dialed in his score prediction, and I think is he still top of the uh, top of the table? Or is it you, I don't or, think you, so. Just off the top of my head, you, Gareth. I mean, no, Paul's top of the table. Um, what was that? Lee? Well, much though. Minute. If you give us a second, I'll be able to get it on the screen. Sorry, I just so, want those words repeated again, Lee. Who's top of the table? I think it's Paul. <laughs> So, Paul, Paul you're, so you're first up with your prediction, then. How is it going to go? I am. So, do you know what, Gareth Ellis? You've jinxed me, because I used to nail these. Never. One score, 
and not worry about it. And now we're at the business end of the season. Yeah. I've been between two all day. So it's I'm going trophy. to go for the 49ers to win with one of my favourite scores. West Gorham, 30 points. And I think the Lions get 21. So I'm right on the over-under at 51. Um, I know it gives us a nine-point winning margin, but that's where I feel. The game will go on Sunday night. All right, so give us that one again, on Paul. Uh, 30 points to the 49ers, 21 to the Lions. I think Nagy's next, isn't he? So Nagy's uh, score prediction was uh, Niners 27, Lions 20. You're next, Gareth, because I'm last. I am. It's uh, it's all been very close. I, I figured we'd all be quite close. My, and my initial uh, score prediction was close. But I, so I'm, I'm going to have to um, stick my neck out and go for something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to go for a Niners 34, Lions 27. Gareth, Gareth, Gareth. Mm. You've seen my notes. <gasps> Never. I'm going for a 49ers 34-26 victory. Ooh, point difference. Could be close. Ooh, and since on, you're on, Andy, what I've have put... you got? Not that you're on the table, but just oh, yeah. for fun. No, I think, obviously, I've got, got to go for Lions. Uh, I'm going 33-30. 33-30. Higher scoring, yeah, a bit, bit, bit of a closer one. Yeah. Is that a field goal to win it? Speaking of it, I... Um, we didn't mention we don't often talk a lot about special teams but do you have any concerns about the Lions kicking game not something I've paid attention to how, how is your yeah. kicker uh, p- punting you've got Jack Fox top punter generally gets it within the you know the final 10 yards and he's good at getting up the field and putting pressure on um, on the on any kind of put, uh, punt return um, it's uh, Michael Badgley is the kicker um, he's under 40 yards happy he, obviously, everyone's depletes the further get back. But he's he's only 77, 40 plus yards, so it's it's for field goals, and so it's going to be. It's, he's he scored it. Then again, he did he scored his record for the line. He scored a 54 yarder against um, the Rams wildcard weekend. So he's got it in him. It's just the pressure mounts, doesn't it? That's that's what we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, we're and, happy uh, enough. Yeah. And kicking outside, obviously. Yes. And we, yeah. uh, as we do know, it's you know, it's, it's fair enough. It's not soldier field or anything but it can get a bit windy out in mm. Santa Clara so mm. yep. have you got any boldies lads um, I've, I've got a couple I think we're going to pick off twice um, much same as last year and I've got a couple of TDs for CMC I've got a TD for Kittle and I've got a rushing TD for Brock Purdy mm, rushing for Purdy mm. yeah. Oh, How far out? That's the thing. Is it when you when so, you red zone first to yeah, goal? Two, two, I mean, yeah, two or two or yards. Yeah, not a sneak, but yeah. not a not a not an epic. Mm-hmm. It's not Steve Young. He's <laughs> stolen my thunder, Ellis, because I called for two interceptions last week. So I thought I have to stick with that. Now I'm going to give one to Mooney Ward, one to Fred Warner. So I'm stuck with my notes. The Lions have given up 140 yards to one receiver for five straight games. And I think that receiver in this game is going to be Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. 150 yards, two touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk. Um, and I'm going to give Matt standard CMC two touchdowns. It's not bold, but it's on my notepad. And I'm not jinxing myself by not saying it. So there you go, Gareth. Lee, you got anything? Yeah, I'm going to go with a, a Nick Bosa three-sack game. And one of those sacks is going to be a strip fumble recovery. Oh, it is. 
Right. And uh, Andy, do you uh, do you go in for these bold predictions? Yeah, I don't have bold. Giving it a thought. I mean, I've, I'm going to go a sack each for Hutchinson and Freddie Warner. So I think both of them will pop up somewhere and just put some pressure mm-hmm. on and grab the QB. I think right. it's not the boldest, but it's uh, it was in my head. It just popped in my head. I love Fred Warner, by the way. Absolute class act, that guy. Mm. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a player who's difficult not to like and, mm. and certainly not to respect, isn't it? So uh, there's the uh, small matter of the, the warm-up to the NFC Championship game, the, the AFC Championship game, Chiefs at Ravens. Uh, Ravens are sneaking at three-and-a-half-point favourites, and the over-under there is 44.5. So a little bit of a tighter game. Um, who have you got winning that and facing the Niners in the Super Bowl? Sorry, facing the winners of the NFC in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh- yeah, I, I, I just yeah, think, the I, Ravens, I think the Ravens are legit just by being at home. I think Lamar will be. I mean, the Chiefs are up for it. I think Lamar is going to be super up for it, isn't he? He's really going to. He's he had a great game against the Texans, and he's just going to get the crowd behind him. He, he can do it all, can't he? I mean, he's, he's if he's pressured, he'll run and he'll he'll find he'll find space and he'll he'll get them up the field. I think to to win it for me. Do you want a prediction, really? prediction or uh, just a... If, if you want to. Yeah, I think, I think so, both in the 20s will be close. I think, yeah, say 28-25, go for that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Ravens are by far the strongest team and on paper they should win, but I've just got this horrible feeling that um, the Chiefs are going to end up in the Super Bowl again. I, I do. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it is the Ravens. I mean, I don't mind who it is that we play in the uh, Super Bowl. But... Um, yeah, I've just got this awful feeling that Pat Mahomes is going to pull it out. They played really well against the Bills. It all started they clicking did. again. It's not how we start. It's how we finish. I think Andy's right. It's, it's going to be a close game. I can see it being um, 26-24 Chiefs. Ooh. Yeah, I said last Ooh. week that Mahomes is the one that scares me, that playoff pedigree, the fact that they've kind of been there. They've done that. We were talking off air, what, six straight AFC Championship games. I think the pressure is on the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I think if you've got any quarterback going against their linebackers, Patrick Mahomes is undoubtedly elite. Uh, I think it's going to be a 27-24 game. I think it's going to come down to something crazy in the last second. And I just have this sinking feeling in my stomach that's going to be the Chiefs. It's got nothing to do with Taylor Swift, as Kaylee, my 16-year-old, <laughs> keeps telling me. Don't worry, lads. She's still a Niner. She's still rocking a Niners jumper. I'm not letting her rock any Chiefs gear. She came in from college the other day, Gareth, and she said one of her friends has got a Kelsey jersey purely because she's a Taylor Swift fan. And I was... Was it an Eagles one, though? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, that would be funny, but no, I think I think it's, it's he's, he's something like second or third highest selling jersey in the UK, isn't he? Jason Kelsey. Is he? I wonder if people are getting the wrong one. Yeah, Travis is number one, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I think yeah, this one's going to be tight. I think the the Chiefs have been coming good. Andy Reid's got that uh, that pedigree, as as of course we don't need to talk about uh, uh, Mahomes. Um, and of course, in previous years, we've been here before with the Ravens, with them looking really good and then just choking in the playoffs. And whether that's been coaching or players, they've just fallen flat, and that includes at home. I I think this is this is is going to be tight, um, and I can see this one being something like thirty one thirty to the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs might might nick it. And I think um, not preempting ourselves, I think that's well. Any 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 of these would be a a, a good matchup. But I do think, obviously, with the team we've got, 
we've got a little bit more recent history with the Chiefs. That this team, a lot of the team that played the Chiefs three years ago, four years ago, are still there. Um, where it was obviously the team that faced uh, the Ravens in 2012 is pretty much gone. Well, it is gone, isn't it? So um, I think that's possibly, if the players had the choice, maybe they might want that crack at the Chiefs again, because that's definitely unfinished. Whereas I think the Ravens would be a kind of clean, clean slate game. But we are we are getting ourselves ahead of, ahead of ourselves there, because I, I do not think we can count, count out the Lions. And stranger things have happened. Um, and like I said, the fairy tales don't tend to happen but they have happened before. So there we go. Uh, have we got any final words of advice, particularly to the faithful, I think, from Lee and Paul? Well, if you go on to the, uh, the watch party on Sunday night, enjoy oh, it. Watch party. Uh, enjoy it, regardless of what the result is. Just enjoy the occasion. Mm. So this is the bit of the show where we've seen some rumours about, oh, my God, you're in Leeds again. It's a jinx. He's selling himself short there, Gareth. So the news is broke. Nick Clark is obviously staying at Levi Stadium for the NFC Championship game. He needed a replacement. He put out the bat signal and El Presidente is oh, yeah. hosting. So let's not just make no small bones about this. This is an official 49ers watch party in the UK. NFL UK have tweeted it out. Sky Sports have tweeted it out. Lee Gowland, the president of the 49 faithful UK, is hosting. It's epic to see Lee. And I just want to say congratulations. <laughs> you definitely Cheers, deserve man. this opportunity. And I can't wait to see the footage because I can't make it like you, Gareth. So yeah. I'll be watching from afar. But uh... have, you, have you got a gold jacket? Have well, you got a suitable jacket? Oh, I've definitely got a gold jacket. Um, <laughs> obviously, the, the whole um, hosting thing means I can't have a drink. <laughs> well, he could. Your, your Facebook well, lives yeah. are quite legendary. Yeah, yeah, spice it up a bit, yeah. The compare yeah. without compare. Yeah. <laughs> Are you be, uh, getting to do anything, Andy? I assume the Lions have not kind of organised a- anything for the UK. No, are you, uh, I am the watch party. You at home? I, my front room, yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah. Be, I'll be watching, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's 11.30 kickoff UK time, isn't it? So it's, uh, yeah, it's not too yeah. bad. Not too bad, yeah. It's not, not into the one o'clock kind of thing there. Normal no. prime time. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching, just uh, seeing what happens. Um, I just want one note on the, on the uh, any potential... Um, Super Bowl uh, opponents. We beat the Chiefs this season and got absolutely mm. destroyed by the Ravens. So yeah, join the club. It's hard to <laughs> yeah. It's thirty-eight-six. We got just their first four. Their first four offensive drives, touchdowns. Our first four punts. It was just like absolutely horrible to watch. So their D is unbelievable, isn't it? You've got to you've got to watch out for that. But yeah, you said the Chiefs are. They've got that. You know, it's be their third. Super Bowl in four years, wouldn't it? If they make it, it's like they're there. They're always there, aren't they? They're the model of consistency. So yeah, they are. They are inevitable. Yep. <laughs> there we are. Thank you for joining me, gents. Uh, it's been good. And special thanks to Andy. Great to see you coming out and braving the uh, uh, the enemy. Cheers, well. Andy. But it's been uh, it's been great to have you on and refreshing to hear from uh, from our opponents. So um, and I think I think it is probably fair to say for most of us if. It's unusual. Usually, when the last couple of years we've been built, beaten in the NFC Championship game, I, I didn't want the Rams to win, and I certainly didn't want the Eagles to win. But I think this would be unusual. That should should the Lions get through, I think probably a lot of fans would be would be on the on the Lions for at least one night of the year. Um, Especially certainly myself. 
Well, uh, Chiefs or, or Ravens, I wouldn't. Yeah, care. I suppose Ra- I think... Ravens are a bit more neutral friendly, aren't they? But uh, I've got a Steelers. I've got a friend who supports the Steelers. I'm, Paul, I remember Sarah who was at that, that Super Bowl watch party years ago, and she's just like, absolutely, I can't, can't, can't stand the Ravens. Kind of thing. It's a bit of a weird one, but yeah, it's um, we, we're like. Um, I don't want this America's team thing, but it's quite funny bashing the Cowboys. America's team has yeah, been started around. It's fun stuff, isn't it? <laughs> well, we it. don't bash it, the Cowboys on this yeah. show, Andy. I don't oh, know no, what you're talking never about. Happened. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't pick on them too much, poor poor little poor little Cowboys fans. Anyway, but thanks for joining me, um, and thanks to everybody who listens and watches the show. We will be back next week, come what may. It will be either a celebration or it will be one of our legendary therapy sessions. <laughs> um, and we will find out which soon enough. So that is all there is to say. All we can do now is wait, but dig out your lucky pants, make any offerings to the football gods. And let's hope for a good game, a clean game, and the Niners win. Keep calm and go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, and again. One pride. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep part. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.